guys and ghouls, welcome to Haunted Picture Palace, uh, one of the microsodes. My name is Amelia, this is Ben. Hello. And we are going to be talking about one theme every two weeks as a kind of tiny, tiny micro episode in between our normal long boys. Today we are talking about everything that frightened us in film. Yes. All the ones we could think of. There is a slight discrepancy here because I laughed in the face of horror very literally for many years and have enjoyed it and been a horror fan for a long time. But Ben is what they call in the trade a scaredy bear. Aren't you? <laughs> I was, yes, I was. So as a youth, I avoided frightening things. Uh, primarily because of the things I'm going to talk about just now, which mm. I saw and which scarred me horribly. <laughs> uh, I'm all right now. I mean, it'd be weird if I was co-hosting a podcast about spooky films if I didn't enjoy a spooky film now and again. But I'm not really much of a one for like outright horror. Like, if somebody is recommending a film to me and be like, "Oh, you'll, you'll let it, it's terrifying. You'll love it." I'm like, "No, I don't want. I don't want." Yeah, to. I equally wouldn't put you in front of Hostel, for example. Yeah, it doesn't appeal. No. Uh, we should say that today, for today's theme, we are indebted to Callum Malone, who got in oh. touch with us via Instagram, as you all can, and said this would be a good idea. Yeah. And I said, yeah, um, you're right. Callum was right. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, yes, uh, if you have an idea for one of these episodes or one of the main episodes, or if you want to say anything to us, yeah. just ping us a message. Haunted yeah. underscore picture underscore palace for the Instagram. Thank you. Haunted picture palace at gmail.com for the email. And HPP pod. Nice and easy to remember <laughs> on the tweets. Yes, you'll notice they're all different, which is how we like to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as unfindable. That's right. But well done, you offenders. So settle down. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start. And I'm going to start in 1968. Okay. Back when I was, I don't think I was, I was barely a twinkle in one of their eyes. <laughs> but 1968, my first real memory of being frightened of a film, I was vastly too young to be watching it. And that film was Barbarella. Uh, my parents had done the calculation that actually nothing really bad happens in it. And that potentially it's not, bad for children they won't really get a lot of what's happening oh, it's very horny isn't it i was uh, it's a very horny film given where we were living and what i was wearing i would have been four <laughs> so no not a probes turns out no. turns out makes you kinky that does who you blaming is that who you're blaming you're blaming jane fonda Oh, not Jane Fonda. No, The Great Tyrant. Ah, uh, The Great Tyrant. Oh, I didn't care for Jane Fonda. I actually wanted her dead. I have a vivid memory of that, too. <laughs> but uh, the thing that frightened me was the dolls in that. Yeah, I can understand that. Little dolls that say mama and then suddenly have blood around their faces where they slowly but surely eat the clothes off Barbarella. Totally fine for a four-year-old. I'm sure they were right. <laughs> you? <laughs> well, I didn't see Barbarella until you showed it to me. Yes. Um, in our life together, and yeah, it's great. But four is too young. Yeah. Like uh, ten is too young. And the, yeah, the, <laughs> there is uh, because it's a great film. Yeah. I recommend Barbarella to all and sundry. Uh, but that scene, that sequence in particular, is 
creepy and yes. is, is weird and frightening. And, and the one where birds eat her alive is also not great. Yeah. But I, lo- I was part of the Young Ornithologist Club and my love of birds overrode my love of um, my fear. Yeah, fair enough. But also, you know, it's part of part of nature, isn't it? It's one of those things where it's like the birds... Well, they naturally they, go in the plastic tube and well, eat the, the woman. The birds, well, birds will... <laughs> kill to eat you know when yes. they'll hunt for food and that's sort of all right yes i watched a lot of david attenborough i yes. had a colleague who um had a, a child a small child and she was uh, a baby and i suppose they grow into small children and then big children isn't that how if it works you're lucky yeah and uh but she was very vocal and quite adamant that like their child was only going to be allowed to no like none of this kids tv programs you know mm. none of this night garden business none mm. of this mr tumble it was all good it was only going to be Nature documentaries is only going to be David Attenborough stuff, and I worried for that child. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Well, I mean, just from my armchair psychology perspective, that's an old man kink. In the making. <laughs> I only feel soothed when I hear a gentle English accent. I wonder why that might be. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, next, on, go on, what's your next film? Well, um, I was going to talk about it's technically not a film but when i was a very small child <laughs> mm. i had gone to bed and then i got up and went through to see my parents for something you know for whatever mm-hmm. reason i don't know i wanted some squash or something mm. and uh, and they were watching the x-files and it it turns out that they were watching i've you know a bit of googling has, mm-hmm. t- has told me that they were watching season one episode three of the x-files an episode called squeeze with the man in a tube with exactly yes, a man, man who could like elongate thing. himself mm. um and uh, to to eat to, <laughs> to like disembowel people and eat their livers um and um oh yeah him <laughs> mm, and uh, but i um you know i obviously didn't thing is i suspect that i could have come in if i'd come in like you know a little bit later when they were doing some paperwork or something or like driving to a diner i wouldn't remember it probably but i happened to come in when there was this like weird lubed up lubed up contorting creature i understand having like you know having looked into mm. it since that uh, yeah it was a combination of cgi and a contortionist yes you're not alone though that there is that is a common story that that was the one that really threw people between that one as in took people right. away from X-Files when they were very small because yeah. we're of the generation where we would have been small when it was on telly. Yeah. Uh hang on I've got the dates for that. Uh So it first aired in the states mm. in on September the 24th 1993 so this was in yeah, America it, this was so then it was broadcast on American uh, British television rather because like, we're in Britain. Yeah. Here. Hello. And so it would have been maybe the year after that. So if it was 1994, I was eight. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, absolutely horrifying. Yes. It was, uh, it was that one and the incredibly culturally inappropriate uh, hoodoo right. episode where they sacrifice a cockerel or make it look like that, wow. but on the screen. And I believe that's episode five. Okay, um, so... Yeah. I know about these. I was too young, uh, weirdly. Not too young for Barbarella, but too young for x <laughs> there, um, there were limits even for you. No, no, I did watch a few of them, but it was on a bit later than I was yeah. awake, uh, because I was four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, four or five at that point. But um, I was given the box set of videos far later, once right. video was started becoming more and more um, extinct. Um. And I absolutely loved it. I love. I I got it in one. I feel like that was me reliving the nineties, having not <laughs> been fully conscious for it. And Fair then enough. I got my dose 
right. later. See, I've never, I've never watched the X Files because I'm frightened of it because of that when I was oh. young, and I remember I was around some friend's house and the friend's house, yes, singular house, singular house, multiple friends. That <laughs> makes sense. And they watched an episode of the X Files. And I don't remember which one it was. It was a it was basically a rip-off of the thing mm. um and uh and you know it was enjoyable done but i was on edge the whole thing because you were like, waiting in for my, the terror exactly in mm. my brain the x-files is the most frightening thing and it's just not enjoyable for me gillian anderson i know i mean yeah but the, he he like elongated himself and and was all and it really frightened me mm. so i just i just haven't watched sex first and i'm like gonna watch sex i don't want to i don't I, yeah i've just no desire okay. okay i'm not gonna make you <laughs> um talking of childhood trauma i'm gonna bring watership down in here oh, which good. i strongly associate with uh vomiting post a sausage sandwich with too much butter in it because I watched it on a sick day oh. off school. It was oh, around Easter no. holidays. Right. Oh, yes. Um, I have a feeling as well, I've watched it while sick with chicken pox as well. So that there's a real, <laughs> this is a film of disease and yeah. rage because I can't scratch myself. Oh, it makes me itch immediately just uh-huh. thinking about it. But the whole scene, the death scene, spoilers, the death scene or the dead rabbit scene yeah. to that ridiculous song choice. Um <laughs> from 1978 it's, yeah, it's a problem yeah the animated one is so yeah Art Uncle on the soundtrack isn't it I mean Disney keeps blood out of things yeah Disney will not blood this was not animated by Disney <laughs> this had a myxomatosis rabbit complete with blood drool and this absolute horror show it wasn't the ghosty one it was the it was the fight in the tunnel oh right it was far too much for me right far too much at um at the tender age of three or four yeah (laughs) yeah no it's traumatic right (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely fair i will say you reminded me of one then what was it when you were talking about the x-files you reminded me of something tv based what was it you carry on; it will come to me. Oh, I just remembered that a friend, a school friend of mine, had a horrific story mm. about seeing, uh, being out, you know, out somewhere with some people, and, and seeing a rabbit mm. pop up, and somebody then, and then an adult with them saying like, "Oh, it's Mixy, right?" Meaning, this rabbit is suffering from myxomatosis. Yes. Uh, but uh, my friend Dan, believing that this was him greet, f- greeting this rabbit, this known beloved rabbit, which he then proceeded to beat to death with a shovel because it had myxomatosis. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's horrible, isn't it? Oof. So, you know, I suppose at least this stuff, it's only a movie. Well, Bright Eyes hits different for that yeah. guy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, films, it's interesting. I will come back to films re- in recent times that ha- I've found disturbing okay. or frightening, but I wanted to go through the old ones because it took a lot to scare me. It took yeah, a lot to scare enough. me as a child. I found horror very funny. I was always intrigued by how they made the effects more than I was intrigued by the effect they had on me. Yep. Um, but I was on the quest for something that would actually frighten me because I had a lot of very frightened friends who wouldn't watch any of it with me. So it would just be me in the dark on my yeah. own with popcorn being like, yeah, <laughs> go on, baddie, you should win. Um, but... <laughs> Please see wow. Microsoft number two films in which 
You want the belly to win. Yes. Not just me. One <laughs> wants the belly to win. Yes. Um, yeah, but sorry. one that one that one of the few that is an actual horror film that got me um, was Wreck, the Spanish oh, film. Yeah. Mm. Wreck being R E C with a dot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as in recording. Yes, I'm not interested in found footage stuff. I have included Blair Witch on my list, but because of the very last scene, not because of the rest of it. I don't care about found footage. I think it's a cute idea. Uh-huh. I enjoy it. Like it, it as in I don't enjoy watching it, but I enjoy the the concept. Uh, but I feel the shaky cam thing was then done to death, and I think it's important to recognise. Blair Witch is a bit of a pioneer in that but that final scene actually did mess me up a little bit I found I've not seen it never mind because (laughs) I uh when's Blair Witch 1999 no it is Blair Witch is oh you're dead right sorry 99 yes so I was 13 so I was at school and there was like a what you'd now think of as a viral marketing campaign for Uh for the Blair Witch project which is in some ways, it's sort of is really on the cusp of, of, sort of technological generations. Oh, almost. Yeah. it's one of the la- it's one of the last of those kind of word of mouth ones. Yeah. you know, now it would be done with like I don't know a social media influencer or something like that. Yeah, but it's also you know as I say very very sort of viral, and the idea was that you know it was in some way real, or mm-hmm. that like there was either that it was a documentary, like the or. Ring that they had used some documentary footage. And I remember this going around the playground when I was at school and everyone was talking about it. And I was a scaredy cat, scaredy bear. So I was like, nope, 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 nope. And there's there's something about, like, there's a a particular sort of era of films that, like, frighten me and have, like, an aura. Because, you know, I'm 35 and a full-grown man. Yes. And... uh, these days, like in sort of, it's very rare for something to really, really get me. Mm. Um, but, but there's a there's a whole tranche of films which I'll talk about. Yeah. In, you know, in the, in the course of this, uh, that that still have that like frightening X Files aura to them. Yes. And they're all things either that came out in the late nineties yep. when I was young. Formative years. Formative. Yeah. Or you know, from like the generation back when people had said like, it's basically the. The criterion for it is like, was I told that it was frightening between the years about 1997 and 2001? <laughs> and if the answer is, if it's yes, that's a big tick in the, I'm still like part of my ape brain mm. is still like f- frightened by these films and, and actively like doesn't want to see them because, yeah. ooh, scary, not not appealing. Okay. And that was that was one. And I imagine, you know, I can't imagine there'd be anything in the Blair Witch Project that would like cause me to lose sleep. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's things in Paranormal Activity that might make you lose sleep. Yeah. Because that was one... I didn't find it frightening, but I was intrigued. And I did a lot of reading about Paranormal Activity when it first came out. Right. Um, it's. I really appreciate the CCTV aspect of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's much more um, threatening than, than Shaky Cam, to my mind. Yeah. And it has... Uh, it has things in common with Ring 2 from Japan mm-hmm. um, and actually The Grudge. There's lots of things where, you know, you uh, it's an easy format to manipulate, but it's still very effective. Sure. And in the interviews for Paranormal Activity, there was a lot of chat from the guy in, in a similar way to, as you're saying, how some of it was real. Yeah. Where he would say, no, no, I've just exaggerated my real house. Right. And 
the interviewer in the one I read, I think it was in Rock Sound or something. <laughs> Again, yeah. second reference to Rock Sound for me today in general, um, or Kerrang or something. And this guy was just like interviewing him and the door moved. And he was like, okay, whatever. But he wondered if the guy had rigged his house for the reporters. Yeah. But then it was the response of the director mm-hmm. that made him go, oh, maybe not. Right. You know, it was just too, he wasn't like, oh, there it is. He yeah. was just kind of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that guy again. You know, <laughs> um, it was interesting. I wonder I wonder about the self-publicism of that. But still. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's all in the same bracket. But Wreck, just to go back to it mm-hmm. briefly, um, 2007. So we're out of that cusp, out of your danger zone point. Yeah. But I was big into, I was really looking for something that would frighten me. So I was very much watching films from abroad in the hope that something would really get me. Yeah, um, of course. I'd had some luck with things like The Grudge, uh, yeah. the Japanese one and the America one actually both did a turn. Um, it Less, it was disturbing. I would say, rather than horror frightening. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the, that noise that I won't do over the radio. I know it triggers a lot of people. There's a lot of that teenage fear around the sound that took one from Grudge makes. Yes. You know the one. Yes, I do. Um, and something horrible about her not having a jaw and all these yeah. things. You've not seen it, have you? No. No, but okay. But there's still some awful bits in it that really stick in your mind, but they're not quite intrusive thought level. You know, they're... Mm-hmm. they're you just don't want that. They they played on a lot of tropes, like having somebody else's hands in your hair in the shower. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, being doing the thing where you curl up in bed to escape a danger, but the thing's in the bed with you. Uh, you know, yeah, classic. Yeah. Like, they went for the real the real stuff, but it, it really it was the noise more than anything. Um, but then I found Wreck, and Wreck... If you're going to watch it, just turn this down now for a second. I'm not spoiling the ending, but I'm letting you know that they ruin their own ending for what is actually a work of art, of a f- piece of art, of uh-huh. a horror film. It's amazingly well done. The tension is insanely well built, but then they bloody show the monster. Uh. And they had no no business doing that. And of course, the Americans got hold of the film, I think, like a year or two later and yep. made a terrible version. I boycotted because why? Um we talk about this a little bit on our episode about the ring. Yes, I think, um, because there was that that period. Two thousand seven is a is a bit later, but you're in that. You're still sort of in on the coattails of yeah. after the after the ring. This sort of vogue for foreign horror, and then saying, "Oh well, we can we can get the rights and we can make this in English." Yeah. And yeah, yeah, cast cast a vaguely known, but uh, I was going to rewatch it over. Plague, and I actually oh, yeah. found it too believably uh, dystopian. It was it, it, it's about an infection right. and about a contagious uh, zombie type illness, and the way it spreads in a in an apartment building. They quarantine the whole area, but they don't tell the people they're doing it. So basically, mm-hmm. everyone's in this building. You know, there is a documentary being filmed. Everyone's uh. in this building. Um, and this woman's trying to make it big, you know, and she's like, oh, maybe I've got a great story here. Mm-hmm. But they look out the window and they're starting to be cordoned off and no right. one's explained anything yeah. to them. And then a few days go by and no one's sent food. Mm-hmm. And they realise that they're being quarantined because they're the only place that has this thing and they've managed to contain it. Uh-huh. So it's the way that a group of people turn on each other and, of course, the disease gets in. Mm-hmm. And you're watching all these people. It's just uh, traumatising. Anyway, I wouldn't recommend it to you. I genuinely mm. think there are moments that are too horrific in that for you. Right. Yeah, as in, because they're 
they're believable horror they're not gore horror they're just this could be a real state that people right. could get into uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah doesn't sound enjoyable that's no. the thing no uh, no for and me, I, for me i realize no. this is a very, but then the, the, the concept of something being enjoyable is totally this is not i'm not judging you if no, you're no, a no, real no. like it's a real sicko <laughs> I mean, a that's I know I did it on purpose. It was jokes. But I enjoy horror, and mm. I enjoyed that until I wasn't enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> I was watching everything they were doing and going, "Wow, that took it in a different way." And this is so. And then I was like, "Oh no! 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 Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no thanks. No." The 28 Days Later is another great one for oh, that. I, th- I love 28 Days Later, though. I, I really, really film. loved it. And I would say that the bit that actually made me feel disconcerted was the amazing waking up in an empty London. Those are the, yeah, the first third of the film is the best. Incredible. Um, yeah, it was, it's extremely well done, fairly low budget, a lot yeah. of just asking people to like stay out of the way. Yeah, well, paying very beautiful women to stop the traffic at six in the morning is what <laughs> Danny Boyle did. Brilliant. Yes. Um, putting some of them in like traffic warden hats and right. not a lot else yeah. and sending them to lean over a car window. Brilliant. But, I would say, uh, from a female perspective, one of the more disturbing bits is a very sexy Christopher Eccleston implying that he's going to rape a bunch of women tied to a uh, tied to the radiators and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's all a bit... It gets very... And again, I find that the thing that horrifies me in these films is usually the believable stuff. Right. And that stillness of London just dropped as it is is yeah. so believable. and Because yeah. it's real. Because <laughs> yeah. it's really London. It's not yeah, the CGI. Yeah. Well, I mean, they paint out some things in the background. But, yeah, but not yeah. much. Like, no. it's, it's probably painting out bits of transport that had to run. Yes. You know, rather than... Yeah. Uh, it's just... And him in a hospital gown, that's all very doable. Yeah. But the stuff where human beings turn when they're under duress, we're watching, we've just watched it happen for two years. Yeah. And it's, it, it was true. <laughs> People really can't be contained or trusted yeah. and they're awful. Yeah, no, and yeah, for me, like the, I mean, it's a, I really enjoyed, I really rate 28 Days Later. I like Danny Boyle, actually. And I think, yeah, he's a good filmmaker, but I do feel like it, sadly, the, the, the final third, it works, but it just isn't as good as the, the, exploratory section at the beginning I can't remember who did that soundtrack but I used to listen to it quite a lot and freak myself out I'd be subconsciously anxious and then I'd be like oh I'm listening to that horror film soundtrack again I was fine with that I didn't I mean I enjoyed it it's it's very good but I wasn't like oh terrified of it no I can understand um, that but yeah it could just be that it doesn't fall in that I was I was just I was old enough when I saw it that I didn't it didn't have those associations do you want a fascinating fact a second one please I love fascinating facts um there is, they had an unthinkable amount of reports of body parts um, because they would load, for the big zombie scenes, yeah. they would load just oodles of prop limbs right. in, and bodies and corpses into the backs of vans and have to drive them up and down the country for sure. location shots. Yeah, because a lot and of it's po- done on location. Well, yeah, and the police were just like constantly being, being told that there were bits of body on the road and wow. bits of body in the lane well, in a pickup truck or something or yeah they, wow yeah because yeah. it was just trying to get everything there as quickly mm. as possible but there's a cafe in one of the places that they shot i think it's i think it's near where the abbey scene is they're in an old abandoned abbey i've actually been there it might mm-hmm. be outside of york okay um and it's a ruin you know and mm-hmm. they have all these shots of the light through the ruin and stuff but the, there's a cafe near there i think that has a fully fledged complete 
corpse uh, prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. That the cafe, they the sorry, the staff working on the film used that cafe consistently while they were filming. So they gifted them the body. Right. And now there's still been like a two year waiting list to have breakfast with the corpse. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. They really went to town on it. Yeah, which I'd is say great. brilliant. I mean, horrible, but good for them. Yeah. It makes so much sense. There's a yeah. lot of horror fans in this country. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Anyway, I pootled on. Do you have another? I do. Um, I'm going to talk about one more from like young childhood, very briefly, because I wasn't able to track it down. But oh, again, yeah. I remember just a fragment of a of a film that upset me, and the only I don't remember the context of when I saw this, but I would have been quite young, maybe about the same age as when I saw the X Files. Mm. And it's a, um, it's I think it. I thought it might have been Robocop, but I have seen Robocop since and I don't re- think it's in there, but it could be in like Robocop 3 or mm. something. Or, you know, Cyber... Cyber Rosa, you know, one of the sort of like, after Robocop there were a lot of like, what about if we had another super violent police robot king. police, you know, thing. Mm. and basically the setup of the shot basically is some baddies want to go in somewhere and then this like plucky young cop female cop is like you'll have to go through me to do it and they're like okay and then they just you know immediately shoot her like 20 times nice and the the casual brutality of it um Ah. just really upset young young me but i wasn't i'm only briefly mentioning this because it's it's a real like memory of like oh god oh oh god that's really horrible um yes i channel hopped once and accidentally caught the scene where oh really good actor fight club um brad pitt <laughs> really good edward actor. norton yes edward norton uh, i think it might be citizen x where he um makes someone bite the pavement and then stamps on this back of his skull. And I was channel hopping just after my dad died and it really stuck in my head forever. I've never seen the film because of it. So I actually can relate. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so even though though you know it would probably be fine. It would be fine. It's it's just a very unpleasant thing that you don't Mm. want to... I feel like that would also be like channel hopping, finding Labyrinth and finding the bit where he bottles a man in the face. Oh, God, yeah. Because I I gasped out loud watching that. It's properly horrible. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but yes, yeah, so just, just very briefly to mention that because I wasn't able. It's not. It's not. The memory is not clear enough. It's not enough to go on. No. If, you know, if you know what that is, please let me know yeah. so I can avoid it. <laughs> There's something really interesting about channel hopping, actually, and I have touched on it here again. Blue Velvet, I actually channel hopped onto and discovered by accident, wow. so I missed the bit. Oh, you've seen it. I haven't seen Blue Velvet now. Mm. I've, mm. I've missed the bit where Sozzles, where they find the ear. Right. I missed that beginning moment so I had no context and my first encounter of Blue Velvet was the very famous scene where our protagonist is watching from the wardrobe as Isabella Rossellini is like being weirdly yeah molested by what's his name yeah for Frank by uh, Frank, what's his name? The actor. He's very uh, famous. Dead Dennis recently. Hopper. Dead Dennis Hopper. Dead Dennis Hopper. Yeah, who's, I mean, he is dead now, but yeah. Who's just breathing through a gas mask and I was watching my mouth open going this is brilliant and this is beautiful but it is disturbing I felt like I'd found a you know I vaguely recognized Isabella Rossellini because I'd been a big fan of Merlin in the 90s right of and course. she was um oh my god Nimue thank you oh embarrassing she was Nimue um but I was just sort of 
shocked. I was in a bit of a stunned silence on my own in my little tiny TV that was across the other side of my room. And I ended up sitting under the tiny telly, really vivid memory of being like, is this homemade? Yeah, because yeah. I had terrible signal as well, oh, and I'm like, God, so yeah, am I just watching something horrific? <laughs> yeah, and then luckily the it did a cut to him watching the yeah. thing, and I was like, oh God, for you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, one of, it's interesting about channel hopping because people a little bit older than me, but some some people I knew through the University Film Society. Yeah. I was president of when I was at uni, and a generation above that even it would talk about in the late eighties, early nineties, and sort of finding. BBC Two late yes. at night doing old horror films and stuff, and find yeah. and just just switching on and finding this stuff. Um, film Four used to be like that after ten at night mm-hmm. for a little while. When I was quite young, Film Four would just suddenly go quite indie after like eleven pm right. and have really interesting stuff. Channel Four as well. Channel yeah. Five had some of oh, the weirdest the, stuff. The glory days of Channel Four when they did all sorts of things. Well, the glory days of Channel Five when it was still a kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of signal to it where you weren't sure if you were going to get it or not that day because we're ancient now and this is yeah. stuff that people that can actually form sentences and have degrees won't know what we're talking about oh no, I know I do there is something because I haven't had a telly for years yeah and there is something that I miss about just stumbling onto stuff that you would never normally find having said that I mean it's more than compensated by the amount of stuff that's on streaming streaming services I think you... it's different when you when you choose I mean there was a site I think it was what should I watch tonight that just used to generate you a trailer right so you just click on it like around it would just send you a, give you a random link when you yeah. clicked on it um and I love that I actually found a lot of interesting right. things that yeah. way and when taste kid was a thing did I show you taste kid no I, don't I remember can't remember taste what kid. it's called now but it used to just be like a picture of a hipster kid in inverted commas just a girl with big glasses that you would put in the film you liked and it would give you everything that had similar tags on Uh, everything right yeah and it's how i found some of the weirder horrors it's actually how i found jawbreaker which i really love and haven't showed you yet but uh also mary and these strange yeah very strange things um Go on. Well, I was going to say, I've got one one for you, if you don't mind, because mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's weird that you mention Blue Velvet, because Mother my... Mother Drive. Oh, Lost Highway. But, oh! I've got an honourable mention of Mulholland Drive. But Go on. I think if I'd seen Mulholland Drive first, then it would be Mulholland Drive, but uh, Lost Highway is my first Lynch. Ah. And so I didn't really know what I was getting in for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, Blue Velvet was mine. Yeah. And so I would be, at, I think I was at uni, wow. embarrassingly. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of, of David Lynch and yeah. heard his films were weird, so I, I knew it was going to be sort of strange. Yeah. But there's something about that movie, but a lot of his movies, but but I'm thinking about that one particularly because I, re- I remember it, of just this like weird sense that you're being shunted sideways mm. and that you just sort of don't trust like you don't you can't have any expectations because you don't know what's going to happen mm. or whether whether this is whether say whether something horrible is going to happen at any point it's not quite as sort of cruel and unpleasant as that but just you're never on you're never on safe ground no you're not relaxed it's always weird yeah. And like he gets some extraordinary performances from people that you don't know from other things or that yeah. you do, but like because Henry Rollins, the singer from Black Flag, yeah, is in that as a 
prison water and it's yeah. absolutely terrifying you know it's a great performance i need to rewatch that actually it's been a long time since i saw it um the but, bit i'm thinking of in mulholland drive is actually mm-hmm. i mean we my experience of mulholland drive was as a 15 year old in expressive arts uh on the big projector on, in the drama studio it's not okay for that it's not okay for that, but the teacher, I think, just really liked the film. Shout out Mr. Blackaller. Uh, <laughs> real name. Um, the It was traumatic for a lot of people, yeah. I think. But what the reason I included it in the scary things was because, obviously, I've just told you that so many people I knew were frightened of scary stuff. Right, you know, of course, and yeah. they're all in this class with me. But so when I see a lot of it is not that scary. No, it's but, sort of strange. But then there are yeah moments. It was just that guy coming out of the of the back of <laughs> the like, bins. Yeah, the bins. Yeah. Why is he there? He never appears again. And poor Georgina Jones. I'm so sorry. I doubt you'll ever listen to this, but Georgina Jones did a most the most amazing scream and clutch of my arm. I had nail marks. <laughs> She just did it all in a wanna and it was a full blood-curdling like she'd been murdered scream. And she made me and three other people in the row just absolutely cack our pants. Yeah, It well, was her. Of course, Because it was yeah. her scream to that visual. Yeah. Oh, horrible. <laughs> absolutely nightmarish. Yeah. I say, by the time, I mean, I saw, by the time I saw Mulholland Drive, I was sort of, having been baptised into the lynch yes. verse, if you'd like. Yes. I was, I mean, it's, God, it's still, that scene, mm. it's well, is is horrible because it also because it comes quite soon after you know horror horror <laughs> what horror it comes quite soon after horror horror yeah but oh like, the mundane conversation it's like, about yeah, taxes it, or something it's, I yeah. can't remember exactly but like it's it's really like <laughs> like Jesus where did this come from yeah. you know you you're sort of used to the it was sort of like I said with the um, <laughs> the ex, the extreme like depravity almost of of that woman being just gunned yes. down and it's like it's against all of it's like it's very rude it's against all of the oh you're not following the, the film the, rules exactly i see interesting so you sort of what you know you you what i say you want but no but you, there's no safe place yeah, yeah and and you sort of expect like you're gonna it's gonna be something that's gonna be sort of led up to and you're gonna have cues and like yeah. oh, oh oh watch out there's a frightening thing and then yeah. you, it's almost like a sense of betrayal when a film is just like Ah, have that. Yes, I see. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, talking of that, in fact, mm. I went for some slightly older ones that I know are frightening, but didn't. They didn't frighten me, mm-hmm. but they were interesting. It was interesting to watch my behaviour after I'd seen them, right? And go like, I am leaving the light on longer, and I didn't notice. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Um. A tiny little mention for the orphanage and mm-hmm. uh, Gomera del Toro in general, who's yeah. who's great. Oh yeah. But because uh, what am I thinking of? Gomera del Toro. Gomera del Toro. The well, Pan's Labyrinth is him, of course. No children, child, children, Devil's Backbone. Ah yes. Wonderful film. Uh, well, horrible, but wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, the orphanage is. Be aware. Yeah, remember. and very disturbing. Like I think yeah. Del Toro like executive produced it or something. He did, He's definitely involved in the production in some way. There's whole scenes where it's the same film in a weird sure. way, so it makes sense. But The Conjuring and Insidious, I put them together because they're both Patrick Wilson. Right. And I confuse the two frequently. He's in both of them. He is a shiny man. I believe there's one film, is it Beautiful Creatures, where he plays a paedophile? But apart from that, 
he's America's golden boy, isn't he? Right. He's uh, in Watchmen as the Birdman. The, the I've not seen it. The one that rides an owl. Oh, okay. Uh, I've read the book. I just did the remember. Okay, well, the mega good guy. Yeah. Is played by Night Owl. Yes. There we go. Well done. Uh, the Conjuring and Insidious. Uh, Insidious is a lot more, I would say, a lot more jump scary, but actually The Conjuring is a really satisfying film. You've talked about I've not watched it yet, but it is on our list. because No, it's about the Warrens, and they don't get the best rep because they were terrible fundamentalist Christians who were, um, not that that's a terrible thing, but they were particularly terrible <laughs> ones who were um, creating work for themselves uh, in journalism and doing it under the guise of we're protecting you from magic. So... Mm-hmm. We're protecting you from the paranormal using magic, but actually we're cold reading you and then writing really, really expensive reports on it. Right. Unfortunately. (laughs) But interesting how they're cast as this amazing couple. They're really cute together. It's a really nice, tight-knit package. It feels like the traditional psychic turning up to the house. You know, you in Mm -hmm. danger, child. All that stuff, but without being too cheesy. And it's also in that kind of 2010 to 2015 like blue color palette right yeah everything was in but it means that things like the dark lady and the things coming out of coming out of that gloom uh are mega effective i can't believe i've left it off my list but um hang on do you have one uh that was that was all of mine ah um really i was trying to think of anything else well, from 2016, can recommend I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Oh, yeah. Ruth Wilson, I believe, that beautiful woman. Yes, Ruth Wilson. And it's if I tell you that the, tro- the, the premise is a carer comes to look after an elderly woman who's bedbound. Mm-hmm. And I can also tell you that it messed me up for a good week. Right. Yeah. Partly, and again, this happens every time, because relatable. I've taken care of a woman who's been sure. enfeebled. You know, yeah. I, I know the sinister sensations that happen in a house when somebody's living a life they're not remembering. You know, that kind of... Wow. that's no- a nice way of putting it. Ooh. That's a creepy way of putting it, rather. Yeah, bigger. very sinister, like reflections in the telly and all this stuff. But that is an absolutely wonderful example of high tension with not much going on. It's amazing. Right. Um, but I went for What Lies Beneath classic what lies beneath the harrison ford yeah. michelle pfeiffer yeah michelle but, pfeiffer being possessed by the spirit of the dead girl is chilling a film that was only made because they were filming castaway i think oh yes you're right yes needed um needed time to for something i think possibly for tom hanks to age a bit <laughs> that makes so sense in order to keep the crew together they made another film that's incredible because michelle pfeiffer another wonderful performance from her even in a kind of kind of cheap and nasty film because it's robert zemeckis who made um lots of oh come on brain uh polar express oh yes Um, yes yeah something that we watched that was better than that yeah he executive produced monster house there you go but he's famous for things gremlins nope it's joe dante Oh, Back to the Future. There we go. I knew it was in that bracket. Yes, you, I got there from <laughs> from you saying Gremlins. Death becomes her. Brilliant. Forrest Gump. Okay. Who framed Roger Rabbit? So Oof. you know a 
Um, ah, I will say, one of the listeners, actually, I spoke to them the other day, one of our avid listeners, they did mention the dip from Who Shot Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Which is an amazing... Or Who That's Framed Roger great. Rabbit, which is an amazing uh, horror for children. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's the sort of thing you see when you're young, because people think, like, oh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit has got cartoons in it, so it's for kids, it's yeah, okay. But and, him yeah, but him with that voice. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd. Yes, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. And the high-pitched voice, uh, murdering a cartoon shoe, shoe yeah, is too much for kids. Again, Horrible. what was I, five or six? Yeah, actually, you've just reminded me that I saw the Jan Svankmeyer Alice you? when Channel 4 showed it in the early 90s. <gasps> you were too young for that. Yep. There's a That's bit, chilling. Yeah, and, well... It's beautiful. Like, it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't terrified. But there's a bit with these, like, weird sockworms coming in and out of holes <laughs> in the floor. That really st- stuck with me and was like weird and frightening and fascinating at the same time, that you know? That is the most phallic stage and then, childhood moment. <laughs> but then when I... And the thing is, it's like I'd sort of almost half forgotten it. It wasn't like it didn't... Right. But then when I saw the film again as an adult in my 20s, that scene was... And I was suddenly like... I remember this. I've seen ah. this before in like the depths of childhood. I looked it up and it would have been like 1991 or something. So Yikes. it would have been like five, you know, but it was just obviously just the, something, just the seed of something. Yeah. Was it just a seed? Why not? Why not go for a seed? Did you know, um, keep it going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it had gone in and was still there. I've got a couple to finish up. Mm. Um, I'm going to say three. I'm going to say, any animation by David Firth felt like I was watching something that I really shouldn't have been. Salad Fingers? Salad Fingers, Milkman, uh, all, all of that stuff. There was right. some element to it where I, I know when I finished watching it a couple of times, I would have been 12, mm-hmm. but I would finish an episode and be like, hmm, is that the one that tips me over the edge? <laughs> uh, so there's that. <laughs> there's... Um, very very recent now so the one that i watched with you tale of two sisters oh yeah clearly did some damage wow yeah another one i watched with you that terrifying 70s thing that you might want to explain blobby man bag of coins oh the treasure of abbott thomas i don't understand how you're okay with that but you're not all right with blokey upper slipper tube yeah i can only think it's because of age age Mm. exactly um yes absolutely terrifying like seek it out people it's from the 70s and i'm delighted yeah it's been it's one of the ghost stories for christmas was the sort of umbrella mm. title and they have now been commercially released i don't know if they're on the streaming sites mm. uh, but uh the, the bfi have released them on dvd in a box set and yeah they're great they're fantastic and finally host from 2020 ah. which is a genius bit of cinema absolutely wonderful um uh, another a recommend from Alex, who was our person that uh, mentioned the dip. Hello, Alex. It's Alex. Um, I mean, okay, so I've never seen anything where someone takes the tiniest budget and the worst environment to make a film in, a plague where you're not allowed a cast and crew near each other, yeah. and make something... I, I just can't imagine. It feels like a conversation you have high or drunk <laughs> but they made it work really well and it is absolutely chilling at, to the core it's too realistic in places i mean in bits fair enough uh, you can do what you can do with a small team sure 
But I remember speaking to you just after you'd seen it, yeah. and you were raving about it. Like I was so impressed with it, and I wouldn't say. And again, I'm, I, you know, I was barely scared young. I'm, I'm rarely scared. I'm now. always delighted when something I show you like disturbs me. Says, If something yeah. gets you, I'm like, oh yes, I've done it. I know it's a real <laughs> challenge, genuinely. But host didn't frighten me in that way. It just is so worth a watch if you're a horror fan. If you can find it, it's on Shudder. Uh, I think it's on a few different places streaming now. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Second Sight have released a like deluxe box set edition oh, nice. of it on Blu-ray. Oh, very which nice. I've been tempted by. Yes, that looks very nice. Um, the acting by I would say at least three people in it is beyond good. I know these people. Uh, you know, I feel <laughs> yeah. like they're people I know. People I read cards for. Like they're they're very believable characters, and uh, yeah, it pooped me up. <laughs> that's us yes if as we said if you have anything you want to add or any thoughts on our scary films let us know your scary films it's always fun finding out what really ruins people's lives we are going to be touching on one of ben's chilling adventures from the past which uh i did convert him (laughs) and get him to watch but but i mean it it was still a bit scary you knew that teenage you would have had a hard time with it even oh, no, watching it as yes. an adult and i think you're probably right i wouldn't have shown teenage bennett without it being a horrible trick and teenage ben never talking to me again yeah me being like you like war films <laughs> come to mine uh i have a short skirt but we're going to be watching nightmare on elm street 1985, uh, not the remake. No, from... no, 1985. With uh, crop tops and all on yep. Johnny Depp. Beautiful, tiny Johnny. Semi see through negligees. Freddy Krueger. I mean, what more could what you more want? Could anybody ask Absolutely. For? I'm very excited to do it. We are starting to come into spooky season, so we will start to have more sort of thematic stuff on the way. Yep. Um, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, have a magical time. Don't have nightmares. Yes. Bye, everyone. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. See you then. See bye. ya. Yeah, I was. Oh, I'll stop.